I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Play Fantasy Baseball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. We are now a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here. I'm joined by a slice of cake who seems to like to stream. That's Art Tornabeni, aka Little Cheesecake, the LC. LC, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I, I, I am my Lucas Sims good vibes lasted about twelve hours before he gave up three runs tonight. I thought I was getting a new closer out of that, but uh, sadly, uh, his first time out after Amir Garrett blew up last night was uh, getting blown up tonight. So, besides Lucas Sims and the deplorable condition of my relief pitching, I'm doing really well. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Did you see what Lucas Sims did the other day when it was raining and he kept throwing the ball back when they were trying to have yeah, him pitch? That was great. I thought the up was getting pissed at him. I mean, he's right. Like you shouldn't be pitching in those conditions. Like I, I gave him uber respect for that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see Sean Doolittle. Who knows? If you have Sean Doolittle, you could maybe pick him up. <laughs> oh, I hate I hate relief pitchers. <laughs> oh yeah, they are the worst. Speaking of the worst, I'm just kidding. Joined by a man. <laughs> That's familiar with the cold call. It's Eric Mendelson, a.k.a. The Doc. What's going on? Yeah, I'm going to cold call your butt tomorrow and let you know that you suck. You're going to cold call your girlfriend? No. I'm going to cold call your fiance. <laughs> I'm glad we've never said her name on the pod. Uh, but, yeah, you have a hard life with that cold call stuff, man. Hey man, you know it's 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 hit and miss, man. Just like any industry. Just for the listeners that don't know how you are on the phone, can you give us a thirty second opener of what you use when you call people? Do you really want me to? If it's like thirty seconds, go ahead. Hey, this is Eric calling from X Company. How are you doing this Tuesday? I'm doing fine. Oh, awesome. Well, D. Mendy, the reason I called is because you're ugly. <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were actually going to give me your your cold call stuff, and I'm disappointed. No, this is a, this is not a baseball one. I know you were setting me up to bruh me. No, I wasn't. But <laughs> all right, well, enough of that. On today's episode, we have pitching pleasers and teasers. We're close to a month in the season, so we want to start going under the hood on some of these pitchers that are breaking out early in the season. The point of this exercise will be to determine if you should buy into what we're seeing and try to sell them before they uh, they crash. And we're going to be doing this tonight with Mr. Pitcherless himself, Nick Pollock, making his triple play fantasy return. So make sure to stay tuned for that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, who was the scariest pitcher of all time? And our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready 
to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! Did you guys notice the pause for a dramatic effect? I did. That was pretty sweet. Uh, Just try and improve our production around here. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, a lot of IL news. And it's funny because you guys asked me before this. You said, hey, Dave, you didn't send us any news and notes. I said, yeah, because it's all injuries. There's not much to analyze, really. Uh, We'll start at the top here, though, uh, with Denelson Lamette, who, shocker, pitched two innings and now is going back on the IL with what they're calling, uh, again, forearm tightness. So don't know what to make of that. Cheesecake. My first question to you, if you have Denelson Lamette for some reason, what are you doing with him? Second, are you intrigued in potentially Mackenzie Gore being called up? Um, I'm intrigued with with Gore being called up. I'm afraid that he's not going to be available in most of the leagues that I'm in. But if you're in in a league where he happens to be out on the waiver wire, run out and get him if if you're in a daily moves. If you're in a weekly moves league, he's probably going to be too expensive. For my blood, but I, uh, but I would, I would definitely try to get in on him with Lamette. You know, it really depends on where I, where I invested in him. Early, he was going in the top 50, 60, like that's like October, November, December. He was dropped to about, he dropped precipitously as draft season went on, as more people realized that he's as made of glass as Giancarlo Stanton. So if you're, if you got him at like 165, then I would have no problem just being like, this is too much of a headache. I don't have the roster spots to to hold him. But if I got him in the top 100, top 110, you know, he, that was a significant investment. I'd at least hold on to him until I got a little bit more information. That's agreed. I agree with that. Um, I'm just waiting for the, the TJ announcement at this point, but I feel like you have to at least, if you have the room, you have to try to at least put him on the IL. If you don't have the room, I think I understand if you're you're done with this experiment. Um, if you need to to use those spaces for other guys. Cheesecake, I want to stay with you for the fact that Jock Peterson was placed on the 10-day IL from your Chicago Cubs with left wrist tendonitis. He's been disappointing, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, the interesting news from this is they recalled Nico Horner in a corresponding move, and he looked really good in the spring. Is this somebody that you're going to be looking to spend fab on or someone you're looking to pick up? Not really. I I thought Horner looked overmatched in 2020. Uh, he didn't. He couldn't catch up to a fastball. He was a real defensive hitter when it came to 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 uh, working the counts. Like it seemed like every time he got a hit, it was because you know there was a mistake made. I, he did not seem up to the competition to to my eyes. Um, so I I have a low opinion of his major league uh, um, abilities right now. Of course, he was young. That was his first real taste of it. So. But I'm not going to be running out to go get him now. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things, if you believe in what you saw in the spring or you believe from a Cubs fan that's watched him, kind of what he's seen. It's one of those things, hopefully you don't have to spend too much to try to get him if he's going to go for an expensive amount. It's probably one of the things you can stay back on a little bit here. But it's not like the Cubs have a lot of great bats right now. So you expect he's probably going to get a lot of options or a lot of chances I, I- to be able to hit. I don't think he's going to be that expensive either. I don't, I don't, I, I can't foresee a lot of people thinking this guy's going to be a, a big get. So if you, if you think he's, you know, it, 
I could see throwing three to five bucks on him, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be aggressive on Horner. Fair enough. Cabrian Hayes suffered a setback in his rehab with his wrist injury. He was taking swings, and it's not looking good right now. Doc, if you have Cabrian Hayes, what are you doing? If you need the IL space, obviously, if you if you can stash him, you are. But if you need the IL space, is this enough of a scare for you that to drop him and try to pick up somebody else, uh, not knowing how long this is going to go on? Yeah, it's a little scary for me just because he's a rookie and probably the only player that has trade value. Not that the Pirates would trade him, but probably the only cornerstone they have of the franchise right now. So you have to figure they're going to play it safe with him and definitely not rush him back. So if you can stash him, great. But I would try to trade him before dropping him. I don't know how much trade you're going to get from him now, but I'll tell you guys, obviously, we don't air out too much of our own personal leagues here. I don't think people care too much, but... That's what I'm struggling right now is I have him and I have Ketel Marte stashed on my IL. I also have Christian Yelich on the IL, so I, and I have to keep him in my lineup. And I've been debating about dropping him once this news came out because I'm losing valuable points in our points league in this aspect of having to play Yelich every day. And at this point with a setback, who knows, especially with a wrist, this is a couple more months. It might not be worth my time to be able to hold on to him at this point, so... Uh, I know many other people are probably experiencing the same dilemma if you're not in any kind of league where you're going to hold on to him like a keeper or uh, maybe in like a, an NFBC league, you're obviously probably not dropping him either. But then uh, more of a daily league, it's definitely a dilemma. And if you're listening to this, David still has Andrew McCutcheon in a points league on his team. He needs but, to drop him. No, he's fine. He'll be fine. No. All right. Next Worst, pick of the draft. Worst pick of the draft. David won't listen. The Nets placed star slugger Juan Soto on the 10-day IL with a strained left shoulder. They recalled outfielder Yadiel Hernandez to take his place on the roster. Doc, and any interest in Andrew Stevenson? Nope. All right. Reds placed third baseman Mike Moustakas on the 10-day IL. Uh, so hopefully he'll be back soon. Padres left-hander Adrian Morahone underwent Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out for probably a big part of next year as well. Uh, he looked good and is a little bit of action in the bigs, but he won't see him for a little bit of, of some time here. Starling Marte suffered a non-displaced fracture in his 12th rib on his left side. The Marlins announced he'll go five to seven days without baseball activities, and the Marlins will reevaluate him. Meantime, he's going on the IL. Cheesecake, are you optimistic that this might not be a super long IL stint, or what are you thinking about this? Uh, who's the guy again? I'm sorry. I was looking up. I was trying to see if, if they moved Suarez to third base with Moustakas out today. Uh, who was, who were we talking about? I was Starling Marte. Oh, Marte. Um, you know, with Marte. Yeah. Uh, God, I don't know. It, it, until I, until I hear uh, more information, I'm going to hold on to him. He's too valuable right now. But, uh, but I mean, I, until I hear more, I, I that's, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, it's definitely scary with the ribs, but they were playing it off like he's, he'll be back sooner rather than later. So mm-hmm. just hold on and hold tight. Ronald Acuna day-to-day with uh, a mild abdominal strain. missed the last oh few games. Now they kept Suarez at shortstop and put Kyle Farmer at third. They're shortstop. Did they really? Yeah. Okay, I, sorry. I'm I, sorry, to, sorry to put us off track on that. No, I, I'm, I'm assuming that's, that's good part, breaking news. I'm assuming <laughs> because that they uh, they don't want him to get used to being back at third and then have trouble again at short. They just want him to like hone in on that. Keep working on shortstop. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. 
I think you're right. I was I, I was more wishful thinking that uh, that my the, the Reds pitchers might get some relief from Suarez at shortstop. <laughs> God, he's been rough for us for us that have him this year. It looks like his defense might be holding him back from his hitting, probably mentally. Uh, Christian Yelich has been out for a little while. For those that have him, are very incredibly frustrated. Had like five straight games of him not playing before he was finally placed on the IL. Hopefully, the back won't keep him out for too much longer. The Twins had a COVID outbreak. Max Kepler, Kyle Garlick, and left-hander Caleb Philbar all were on place on the COVID-19 list. Lance Lynn is missed, only going to miss one start with a strained right trapezius muscle, retroactive to April 17th, so he'll be back obviously very soon. I believe even today or tomorrow he'll be back. So, uh, Outfielder Yasiel Puig has not been able to find work in the bigs, so he actually is signed to play professional baseball with the Veracruz uh, team of the Mexican league. So there's your Yasiel Puig update. And then some goodbyes to Yankees first baseman, Jay Bruce, who is now retiring from baseball and Neil Walker, who, if you remember that name kind of hasn't surfaced in a couple of years, he's retiring at the age of 35. So doc, any fond memories of either of those two players? Uh, I remember Jay Bruce taking the league by storm and sports center, having a segment thing where they said, Bruce almighty. So shout out to a great movie. Well, there you go. Doc, or uh, Cheesecake, you're smiling. Is there something that comes to mind? Um, I mean, not really. Bruce Bruce was part of that really good uh, Reds, Reds Young core when I think Dusty Baker was their manager. And they lost that, that heartbreaking first round series uh, where they were up 2 nothing and ended up losing the last three. Uh, part of Dusty Baker's lore of losing easily winnable series in the playoffs, um, but you know that you know that was uh, that Votto, Dunn, Bruce, I, if, if part, Brandon I Phillips, be, Brandon Phillips, I might be mixing up eras a little bit. That Reds team was really strong. Um, that that's what I remember most about Bruce. Neil Walker was a solid player for the uh, for the Pirates. He got some run Mets and Yankees. Other than that, you know. He was a serviceable major league veteran, and uh, I, I, I guess I don't, I didn't, I didn't remember if he caught on with any teams this year at all or not. So, well, and can you still talk another second? Yeah, Did, yeah. Um, my go God, are you still talking? Oh, oh my gosh, oh, you walked right into it comes that one. Back. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's been a little oh. bit. It's been a little. Got bit. him. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like me uh, owning cheesecake, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more triple play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy football and basketball show you can check out. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about anywhere you rate and review podcasts? You give your boys a five-star rating and review to support the show. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TripPlayFantasy. Eric runs our social media and provides daily questions, posts that you don't care about, and of course, our weekly episode drops. If you want to keep the fun going, check out our website, www.tripplayfantasy.com. All the best articles, videos, podcasts, and more, all at the Mecca. That is the website of Triple Play Fantasy. Remember what we've always said here, and I know it hasn't been said long, but if you're looking for a podcast that'll make your head turn like you were in The Exorcist, the only podcast capable of such wizardry is Triple Play Fantasy. Thank you so much for everybody that listens, watches, and tunes in with us each and every single week. And we'll jump right into Pitching Pleasers and Teasers with Nick Pollock right after this quick break. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's going on, everybody? Coming back at you again live tonight. You know the normal crew. We got Doc. We got Cheesecake. We got myself. But those are the people you don't care about. You care about someone else on on the screen here. So without further ado, I got to intro him in the right way. Yes! We welcome in a man that projects royalty as he hands out tiaras, king coals, and golden goals. The creator of Fantasy Baseball's Atlantis, known as Pitcher List, where you'll find pitching gifts, award-winning articles, oodles of baseball podcasts, and some of the best people in the fantasy baseball community. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you someone that can be heard on this podcast as where he can be seen on my screen, and that's on the corner. What is happening? Nick Pollock. <laughs> what is happening? Man, I have so many things. That 30-second countdown, that that just you didn't warn me about that. <laughs> what we was we that? gotta do it big, man. You oh uh, my you're, god, that was incredible. Uh and you played Toto. I mean that was okay. Yes, every single night. I swear to you, I, that's what I listen to as I do the SB roundup. No joke. That wasn't just for the content. That's that is <laughs> dude, real, genuine. Dude, when you oh, I heard you say that was like your pump ups up to get you going. I was like, me and you, same page, brother. Because I was like that. That song is just it never gets old, and you can hear it a thousand times, and it's just great every single time. So I was like, I got to do that for you. It's a vibe. That's a, really it's on <laughs> it's on repeat as I do that article. It's for like however it takes an hour, two hours, whatever it is. That song is just going right Do you just have like an hour-long loop on YouTube where it plays? So I, I used to do that. There was a 50-minute <laughs> thing on YouTube. My developer, one of my developers here, made it so when I start an SP Roundup article, it plays inside the browser on repeat. That's awesome. He is. The, it, was, it surprised me. I had no idea. I just started playing, and then there it was. I was like, this is an amazing moment in my life. Uh, that dev needs more money. That's all I need. <laughs> It was incredible. I felt like I made it in that moment, you know. No, I love that. I, I, I'm doing things wrong because I need that on a loop for my for my stuff. Uh, but we had such a great time with you the first time you came on, so we're really happy you're back here tonight. And uh, I actually, there are a couple things that you've been doing since we last talked. One of the things that I've been really liking is the uh, Nick Pollock and Friends. Oh, that I've been having a blast listening to those pods and getting to know all these people in the industry outside of just fantasy baseball. What made you uh, get inspired to start doing that? Um, well, first of all, thanks for listening to that. Uh, it's been a ton of fun. And again, that amazing intro you gave, my God, not not necessary whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I'm honored to be back. I mean, this I had a great time losing in trivia, and I look forward to that again. And you keep saying, I'm not going to lose. I am going to lose. <laughs> uh, and that's okay. Um, but the, you know, the Nick Pollock and Friends podcast, I mean... I'm someone who, uh, well, you know, what I do, you know, I talk about pitching. It's a thing I, I, I do forever now, but I hope at least um, there's a lot more that I do, right? And there are a lot of things that I think about and have interests. And I realize that there are so many great people in this industry that are, you know, there's so much more than just that, right? So uh, I've been really fortunate to have these fantastic guests come on and talk about their lives. And it's been really, really fun and enlightening for me. 
along the way. And I look forward to uh, continue to do that uh, for this year and beyond. And I appreciate because Yancey was one of your first guests and he got oh, yeah. you to talk about yourself some too. But I was like, <laughs> I want to know Nick too. <laughs> That's so what that Yancey does. Oh, he's, he's the best. <laughs> Easiest uh, no, like, guest choice. We don't, we don't speak positively about Yancey on this. Uh, Why not? Because uh, Yancey bullies Eric on every live stream. <laughs> he bullies <laughs> me on every single live stream. Oh, so so Eric isn't allowed to speak nice of Yancey. Yeah, 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 that's we, true. Not we, just <laughs> yeah, us three can talk about okay. it, but Yancey and yeah, Eric. Treat him better. Treat him better, oh, yeah. Yancey. You're better than this. Come on. Oh, thank you, Nick. <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, the other thing that I think people don't realize what it takes that what you're doing is your SP roundups. I mean, being able to see the lines with the whiffs, the S- the CSW, the amount of pitches, the blurbs you really do, they're super helpful for everyone in the community. You do those every night and it's like, what, from like 11 to 1 or something like that? Pretty much, yeah. I've been doing that every night since 2015. I did not 2014 also, but, you know, I got shut down and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, it's weird and it's, I'll be honest, there are many nights I don't want to do it, but I've been doing it for what, six, seven years straight now and like, I'm not going to let that one night be the night it crumbles, you know? Right. So I, uh, it's I, uh, yeah, it's it's at the end, it's very fun. By the end of it, I'm like, oh, that was amazing. I had a great time making a terrible joke that no one can tell me that I can't put on this article. So I'm going to do it. I. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, that's that's just it, it helps with everything too. Like me knowing pitchers, I have to write the roundup. I have to talk about that performance, and it just you know shakes uh, all the hands of the things that I do. So it helps out a ton. I mean, it really helps out everybody being able to see those lines. And then I love that you actually put the jokes and stuff in your writing because I hate just like reading things just like right. plain like Jane. Textbook, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, just have some fun, whatever. That's what this is. It's fantasy baseball. You know, we're supposed to have a good time with it. So uh, I, I'm happy I can get away with uh, some terrible, terrible jokes. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I laugh and I think they're awesome. And again, super pumped to have you tonight. You could if you guys couldn't read the title of the show tonight we've got something really fun planned with nick paul we're doing pitching pleasers and pitching teasers we got a nice handsome man on the screen with that ridiculous you didn't want me for any of this it's amazing (laughs) oh my god it's a behind the scenes it started with you helping us with our audio and helping us actually sound a lot better cheesecake making that uh, with when he was editing and you're like you know what why stop there we got to keep it going so that actually kind of you kind of sparked that from the beginning it looks great you guys are killing it well, I appreciate that. And and I again, I'm super pumped to have you on tonight. So the pitching pleasers and teasers. So we're kind of getting close to that first month in the season right now. And now we can start looking under the hood at some of those pitchers that are breaking out in a sense and figuring out if you should buy in on these guys and kind of buy in what we're seeing. Or if this is going to be something where you're going to try to sell high on these guys because you know that regression is going to start settling in here. Hopefully this can help you ride that tidal wave into a fantasy championship. So Without further ado, let's get to this first guy on the list, and that's Mr. Steven Matz, who right now has got a 3-0 record, 1-4-7 ERA, and he's got a, a solid K per nine, nothing like incredible. Looks like he's due for some regression with his X stats showing him outperforming his peripherals, and he's got a 190 Babbage, which definitely seems like it's going to go up at some point. It's also worth noting his pitch mix, has, pitch mix hasn't changed much from 2020. So, Nick, how do you feel about Steven Matz? Should we be buying what we're seeing? I mean... Maybe look. In some ways, it's a Vargas rule, which is essentially you have someone performing well and you keep starting them until they hit that wall. Uh, Matt's hasn't given you really any reason not to with three earned runs total in his first three starts, one earned run each. I, I mean, I'm not seeing so much different in his repertoire and approach. He doesn't really get whiffs. He had, I think, a 15% swing strike rate in that first start, and then hasn't hit 10% since those last two. Um, When it comes to 
I, 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 I made this in the best way. I ignore, like, a lot of the uh, luck stats and everything at this point, like the hotel, which is the Holy Trinity equating luck of Babbitt, been home by ball rate and left on base rate and all that stuff. Because it's so, I don't know, it's like such a small sample um, that we can't really pull much out of it. Say for like, oh, he had a one, you know, like a 700 bad. Okay, fine. That's not, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Or he's allowing like three home runs per nine. Like, okay, that's, that's kind of weird. But with Matt's, I mean, sure he could, I I know this is like a really weird ramble. I'm very sorry. No, you're but, good. Uh, but essentially, you could say, look, he's performing at a certain level that he got lucky before, but that doesn't actually mean after three starts that that is his skill set the rest of the way. So we'd actually, even if that luck evens out, maybe he gets better to counteract it. Maybe he gets worse and keeps the luck. Uh, as of now, I don't really see anything crazy with Mats that makes me suggest he's a new pitcher. That changeup has been good in a couple of those starts as well. Uh, if he has the command he has, sure, he'll keep going. But Mats also has a tough schedule. He gets the Red Sox, uh, then the Nationals, but then the Braves and then the Astros. And I don't know if I'm comfortable with, you know, say the Braves when Acuna will be back. They'll be the third start, probably Albies too. Um, Houston will be fully recharged. I doubt Altuve will be messing up protocols in three weeks. He'll be, they'll be there. Uh, and the Red Sox are heating up a bit too. Uh, so it's not an easy time with Steven Matz. So uh, look, if you want to keep rostering right now, I do not blame you, but I don't think this is a 2021 breakout season ahead. So you would be trying, if you had him on a roster, you would be trying to see if you could sell him high right now and see what you sure. could get for him. I, I have no idea what you could get in it. So I'd be <laughs> like, ah, it's Steven Matz, whatever, and like give your last player on the roster for him. Right. It's, uh, it's not really something I think he could sell much. Maybe if he can, by all means. Cheesecake, what about you? What do you think about Steven Matz? Are you buying it? I mean, I was I was diving into his last start against Kansas City, and that changeup did look really good. But he also was getting a really generous strike zone. Um, he got, he got at least two of his strikeouts were on changeups that were off the plate to the, to the inside on the right-handers. Um, so, I mean, you know, his 20 minus 11 K minus walk rate in his last two starts actually should have been a little bit worse because he was getting a generous strike zone. So, um, you know, obviously he's going to normalize. He's at a 0.49 home runs per nine. He's usually about 1.5. In 2020, he was at four home runs per nine. So he's getting a little bit of that good luck that he did not get all of last season. So good for him, Stephen Matz. But uh, I've never been a huge believer in him. Um, so I, I was not on him to start, you know, to, 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 and during draft season. And I'm still not quite believing him. But um, he's on a good team. He's a guy who I would, I wouldn't pitch against Boston, but. In a, in in almost most matchups against you know mediocre to worse teams, I'd love to have him as a good streamer. He's he's definitely like a Vargas rule type guy, yeah. according like, like Nick says. Can we just? Yeah. Uh, no, go ahead, Nick. No, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just realized this morning that he's rostered in more leagues than Trevor Rogers. Is he really? Oh. Isn't it crazy? Wow. It's, I think I saw. It, I think it was like 85 percent or something ridiculously high, and I don't understand at all. I just, I'm mind I just, blown right now. Like, yeah, it, what? It's yeah, maybe it maybe the people in Canada are really pushing for him to get signed. <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah. It was it was weird. Florida and Canada combined. It was weird. Was when he got <laughs> traded to Toronto, there was this like groundswell of opinion, like buff buffeted opinion about him. Like, oh, Matt's is going to be great in Toronto. I'm like, really? Because he wasn't that great in New York. Uh, but I remember that there was there was a lot of a lot of momentum 
for for Steven Matz going to Toronto. So obviously, I think you know him getting that solid rotation spot there has a lot of people excited, but I don't see it. Can we just talk about how he's a ticking time bomb? Like I looked at his 2020 and he had nine starts and in three of them, he gave up six or more earned runs. And in 2018, he had 30 starts and five of them, he gave up six or more earned runs. So you're just waiting for that game where he's going to implode, where he gives up like seven earned in two innings. Yeah. I mean, that's what uh, Nick calls a cherry bomb, right? There you go. You got it. Oh, man. What am I doing here? You don't need I, me. This is. I a, got the full. <laughs> you got this. We got the full <laughs> Nick dictionary here. So this next guy, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on, because it might be a little harder to kind of get from getting away from Stephen Matz here. Taewon Walker. He's got a 12, right? 12K per nine. And he's got right now uh, a 3-2-1 ERA, highest ground ball percentage so far in actually the last three years. So are you buying this? and? One of the things I saw when I looked into his profile was his sinker is actually been a, a worse pitch for him, and he's throwing it a lot more this year. So is that kind of a sign that there might be regression coming? Because I think now it's his second most used pitch, and it wasn't that before this year. So, Nick, what do you think about Taewon Walker? Yeah, I love the fact that Taiwan is throwing harder. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt really smart calling my roundup fast Walker. I was like, yes, <laughs> got it, <laughs> done. Uh, the problem with uh, with Walker has always been what is the second pitch that he's going to throw with confidence, and he mm-hmm. still doesn't really have that. I think the the fastball being harder, and actually last year he committed pretty well. It was a two seventy ERA last year, and that we knew was not legitimate. Uh, I think it came with like a four six Sierra, if I remember correctly, uh, and that's just no. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Uh, for a long season, but with Walker, it is a better situation in New York with the Mets. I, uh, he's a Toby to me. I mean, he's someone that you probably want to start for the most part right now. But if there's anything better out there, or he blows up in any fashion, you'll feel completely comfortable getting rid of Taiwan mm-hmm. Walker. And I hate to make it that simple, but until he shows me like a legitimate secondary pitch that gets me excited, yeah, Taiwan Walker is just kind of is. And I know Cheesecake, that was actually one of your guys going into the season. You were trying to Sorry. grab everywhere you could. <laughs> and Pollock just shot an arrow through your through your heart right there. What uh are, do you feel the same or are you still confident that Taewon Walker can give you season long value here? Well, I'm not I'm not liking his his walk rate that he's been showing so far this year. Um and I'm and I worry if he gets his walk rate in line that we won't be seeing the great K rate that he's been getting because um, right now, like he's got fantastic ride on his, on that fastball, like that two, like that two seamers, like you get, you're seeing Phillies picking up their arms, bending back and the pitch is getting three, four inches of the plate. He's, he's, he's really using that, um, and, and getting a lot of great movement on it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know he was working on that split change, Hoping to get that better this this off season with uh, working at driveline, and I really put a lot of stock in driveline. Of course, you know, we're, as fantasy analysts, we're looking for any port in a storm to try and find some some positive news on somebody. And I've been in on Taiwan since like 2015, so I, I have a soft spot for him. But I, for for what I'm seeing, until until he gets that walk rate under control. I really, I really would not throw him out there. I would, I would have thrown him out there against the Cubs because the Cubs have stunk. But he walked six that game uh, after and he got ejected. And he got ejected. Well, he got the ejected. Most part, there you go. After he got pulled out of the game. <laughs> after he got pulled out of the game, he got ejected, which is incredible. Um, 
Go ahead, please. You know, Eric, you could uh, you can come up with a new stat about like percentage of likelihood to get ejected from a game. <laughs> I, you know what? That's a great idea. I think I'm <laughs> you, you'd be the first with that stat, Eric. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> would you say maybe like Lance Lynn with how much he's like kind of hard headed a little bit? Like you know, maybe Mass and Bum Garner in there too. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we, if Puig was in the the league, I know we're, that's a hitter, but I mean, he would definitely lead that lead that category. I mean, Nick, you're on to something. I mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this up with, with pitchers. It's gonna be the new talked about stat over there CSW. You go. Yeah, you got you got to come up with a you got a flashy name here though. Okay. Um, and by the way, when it t- comes to um, guys talking about driveline, uh, I think it was Zach Hayes uh, inside of our Discord was like, hey, I think uh, he went to driveline is the new best shape of his life. Yeah, yeah. I, and, <laughs> that yeah. makes so much sense. I, I agree with it, though. I mean, like, yeah, oh, he went to driveline. It's like he went to Jared's almost. And <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's a little bit more appealing. Your heart goes, like, oh, really? He went, he went to driveline. Oh, my. Oh, my. They do good things there. They do. This guy, this might be uh triple play after dark the way this is going okay all right let's, let's no let's pull it back guys let's pull it back yeah dude you're letting the show get off the handle but, you know what there's only one way i can bring this back and that's talking about a food that makes me uh may salivate and then a pitcher that nick you you crown this name that i love and that's coffee cakes and if you don't know, <laughs> oh my gosh. that's a JT Brubaker. And it took me a second to like, well, I was like, how does, when he, when I heard you first use, it, I was like, how does that relate? And I was like, oh, wait, brew. Okay. There we go. Yeah. yeah. It, it hit me. I was late to the joke, but oh, man, I, that came up during the Twitch chat. I think for whatever reason, I, uh, if you guys don't know, I do Twitch now in the mornings, 830 to 10, uh, twitch.tv slash picture list. Ha plug. I did it. <laughs> and. <laughs> I uh, but no like during the chat someone like mentioned like Brubaker and like it sounded all of a sudden to me in that moment it's like oh yeah like there's got to be something and then instantly we're like all as a group like coffee cakes let's say it together I <laughs> uh, and for whatever reason I'm like I can't not say it now um and he's got a really nice slider and that's a really good thing it doesn't have much else though not, and that's that's kind of the problem here he has a tough schedule ahead um he was supposed to get a really good one. And then he got pushed back, and they're like, yeah, we'll give it to Mitch Keller, where we're going to be like, well, we don't know what to do with Mitch Keller, though. I don't care if he gets the Tigers. It's, I don't I don't want that. Uh, and now, now Boo Baker has a tough schedule, so I'm kind of out in the short term. I mean, really, with a lot of these guys that are um, they're close to Toby's or on your wire or not, the most important thing is, what's their schedule? And we have an article that we put out actually every Monday now that's like the next four starts that every guy will have it's every other week. So you can just kind of like look at it and just go, oh, okay, this guy's going to get some bad opponents. I don't want that. Or this guy's going to get good. And J.D. Brubaker sadly has bad ones. So for 12-teamers, yeah, I don't I don't see a reason really to hold on right now. And right now his FIP is actually three and a half. So it's actually pretty much double what his ERA is right now. Are you, are you uh, tantalized with that 27% K percentage right now? Do you think that's going to go down yeah, at all? Yeah, well, that was, that was a shock. Um, that was the absolute peak. I think he had eight strikeouts over the weekend. That's really pushing that. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's lovely, but we, you know, that's that's a day when his slider is working as best as it can, and while getting other other pitches in the zone that are not being put into play, so then he can get to that slider. I I don't think that's going to stick whatsoever. He's more like a, I want to say like a five K per start kind of guy, and Ooh. those are very rare occurrences when you can go seven or more. I just threw up in my mouth. Five Ks I, per nine. Yo, I just, no, no, I just per can't. Nine per start. Big difference. Oh, five Ks per start. So I missed that. Yeah, yeah. I missed that. Yeah, so I just that's can't like wait. A seven and a half. 
I just can't wait till you have him on your podcast in like the off season, and you're like, "Hey, JT, you know, I have this really cool nickname with you, it's Coffee Cake." And then like it's going to be like a, a joke around the clubhouse. He's going to be like, "Man, now everybody in the Pirates team calls me Coffee Cake." Like it, it's going to great it's, name. It, it is. I would so, love it, is, it. it is so great. It's going to spread like a wildfire. <laughs> Well, do you know that like when I when I talked to Matthew Boyd, um, I told him I was a Boyd boy. I quit not do. <laughs> oh my gosh! I I had a moment and I was and I thought you know he would understand. He's so, he is a super unbelievably nice guy. And I was like, I just won't let you know. Like I'm a Boyd boy. You know, I'm like it's oh. it's the like, it's okay. The, it's Bass the alliteration. Like, oh god! It's the same <laughs> reason with with SP streamer Lorenzen lover. Boyd boy. Oh, I, I didn't hear that one. Cake. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the alliteration that's so catchy. You and got you guys it. guys know Gal Gals, Gal and Gals as well. So <laughs> This is amazing. Too. Yeah, that's who we are. Yeah, we got Yeah, Carlos, it's getting a little awkward in here. <laughs> what's up? Yeah, what's up, Carlos? Good to see you, man. Thanks for coming uh, in. But Nick, you're a good host because you you basically led right into a guy that we'll get into next year. You're you're his one of his boys, a bo- Matthew Boyd boy here. So pitch mix, roughly the same. Last year, usage the same. Regression is expected. Uh, his Ks haven't been great overall. They've actually gone down dramatically to 6.4 per nine. Home runs per nine is down 0.34, which is too lower than his norm. So is this new Matthew Boyd with lower strikeouts but a lower home run uh, percentage right here? Is that something that you think is going to stick? So uh, Matthew Boyd has a sub-10% swing strike rate on a slider. And that's a problem to me. Uh, the changeup is amazing. The changeup is doing incredible things as a CSW average at 37% right now uh, with a swing strike rate at 16%. Like, that's a really, really amazing pitch for him. And that's actually what got us excited about Matthew Boyd last year was that he was incorporating this, this changeup. He had a really good slider, but he needs something, something else to keep guys off the fastball when he had that second half in 2019 that made us all go nuts in a bad way after he went crazy in the first half in a good way. And now without that slider, though, well, we were not quite finished here. It's been interesting to see this so far and him really go fastball changeup and hope to get that uh, slider in there for strikes. But I can't probably be a Boyd boy until I see the slider back and doing wonderful things. This was a slider that we were comparing to Patrick Corbin when Patrick Corbin was better <laughs> as as like a 20% whiff pitch and really the reason why he was uh, going to, you know, excel and be a 25% to 30% strikeout guy. I can't get on board until I see the slider yet. I'm crossing my fingers we will though. Um, I, I'm just hesitant at the moment. Doc, are you looking to become a Boyd boy or are you staying on the sidelines? You know, I'm knocking on the door. I want to be a Boyd boy. And <laughs> I remember I talked with him, I think last time we had Nick on and I brought him as a potential bounce back and you exited out right away and you're like, nope, your your opinion is disqualified. <laughs> and I think the hate for him really started in 2020 because the first inning at Cincinnati, he oh, gave no. up four runs. Like it was the first game and everything. You're giving like, oh him, you're, you're haunting him right now. That was so painful. Yeah, was, I mean, I, it was like four home runs in a row or something like that. It was, it it was, was something crazy. It was bad. And his first bad. four starts, he went 19 innings and gave up 22 earned runs. So I'm throwing his 2020 out. But I look from 2017 to 2019, he's been pretty durable. He threw 175, 170, 185. He was on pace for a 170 innings pitch last year. And he's kind of had bad luck. His expected ERA has been higher every year than his actual ERA except for this year. So 2018 and 2019, his expected ERA was about a 3.5, 3.6. So yeah, I, 
the the lack of the slider concerns me a little bit, and he's never going to be an ace in my eyes. But I think he's somebody that you could roll out as maybe an SP4, SP5, and have confidence in that they won't blow up like he did in 2020. Nick, are you? Let me ask you this: Are you looking to roster him, like to stream him against, like not maybe not the Pirates, but like let's say even just in a mid-tier matchup? Would you? St- recommend streaming him right now i mean it's it's another vargas role this moment like he's performed without the slider and that's great and i really hope he can keep doing that i i feel just feel so shaky you know i want to the only thing i want to do is open the floodgates and just you know shout matthew boyd's name on top of the at the at the bow of the boat (laughs) you know and i can't do that yet you know he does get the royals next i do anticipate that being a favorable start Uh, that means it won't be yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> That's exactly it. So it's just I don't know. I, I can't I can't tell you what's going to happen right now. But yeah, if you have Matthew Bold, yeah, start him until he gives you a major reason not to. Okay, then let's stay with the Detroit Tigers and let's talk about his teammate Michael Fulmer, who I I bought him in Fab in a TGFBI this past weekend, and he looks like he's a totally different pitcher from what he's been the last couple of years. The velo is actually up a couple ticks. He's gone heavier slider this year than in previous years. He didn't have a great start his last start, four innings with three earned runs. He has a 3.94 ERA right now, but his highest K per nine of his career. FIP isn't too far off from his ERA actually right now either. Are we buying this new and improved, which once was a rookie of the year? Which is, it's crazy to think it's like new and improved from your rookie of the year. What do you think? So so there's a, there's a running joke at Pitcher List about Michael Fulmer versus Rick Porcello. Uh, this has to do with uh, one of our managers, Austin Bristow, when he had his interview. He was like, I am not in on Fulmer, but I'm in on Porcello. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> and every year, there's always a bet, like, who's going to be better, Fulmer or Porcello? And when Fulmer got Tommy John, was out the entire year, I like to say that I won because that was the year Porcello was horrifically bad. <laughs> Uh, so every single year, there's always like, oh, Michael Fulmer's a thing, and I'm not in. Um, there's two reasons why. Uh, one, when we talk about the increased velocity of Fulmer, well, it's not really increased. It's just back to normal. It was mm-hmm. it was down in 2019. I'm sorry, in 20, because that was like 93. I'm like, wait a second. Fulmer's supposed to shoot like 99 at times. You know, he's supposed to sit 95, 96 or so, and 93 was just horrendously bad. Uh, so he's back to 95, which is good, but that's kind of like a reset. And like, okay, now you actually have to be good from there. And when Fulmer won that rookie of the year, I remember this distinctly. His first three starts, he was just fastball slider, couldn't really go deep into the game, wasn't was struggling a bit. It wasn't until he found his changeup and had a good feel for it that he actually excelled and won off and had that rookie of the year campaign with some luck, of course, on his side. But still, he was a much more effective pitcher then. That changeup isn't back yet. And he went today against, or actually yesterday against the Pirates and... It wasn't great. He didn't mm-hmm. have that changeup. He was limited to 60 uh, pitches because he's going on short rest on Sunday. And we probably won't be seeing Fulmer up to 80 or so until the start after that. Uh, but I like like all these guys. I mean, it's the same kind of story with me. I'm still waiting for that extra element to arrive before I can really be confident in them. And with Fulmer, if he doesn't have a changeup, I'm not in. It sucks because I used to love Fulmer so, so much. And I just can't buy it now. Do you think he'd have more value if he stayed in that kind of long relief in the bullpen where he could give you three innings, have that velo up, only see the time to the order once? Would you be a lot more in on it than it is right now? Well, for the Tigers, I would be. Uh, For fantasy, I don't roster those kind of guys personally. So it's just not for me. I think the roster spot is more valuable for a streaming option or really trying to find something that is 
does more than just those random three inning starts like every four days or so. Doc, what are you what are you thinking about this Detroit Tiger right here? Are you buying into Fulmer? Nah, he he's a tease for me. And you know, Nick kind of talked about the Thanks for relating it back to the show, Eric. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) You know, you talked about the increase in fastball velocity and he's right, it's it's sitting at ninety five, which to us is fast, but to a major league hitter it's it's out of the ordinary. And David, you were talking about in, in his increased use of the slider. He has a 34.7% whip percentage on that. That's for you. Had oh, to bring wow. up this. Had to bring up the stats today. But he's not a huge K guy, and that's what I think is going to limit his upside. He's still building up his arm after Tommy John surgery, and the way that we've seen pitchers get hurt. I mean, when Lance Lynn got hurt, I was like, okay, the flamethrower himself, the guy with the unathletic body. I think pitchers ramping up their arms in this short period of time. Um, is a little bit of a worry for me. And we're chasing his rookie year where his expected ERA was 3.82. His actual ERA was 3.06. And you take out that, he's 14 and 27 for his career, pitching in arguably one of the toughest divisions. I'm just not that high on him. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this, but when I spent the money on in fab for him, I was feeling Regret. pretty confident. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go there yet. Uh, <laughs> yet, but I, I was very encouraged with what I had seen before, and I was like, "Look, this is a guy that hopefully could be a, a bargain at this point. If he's you know one of the top starters for the Tigers this year, gives you a lot of innings, and is able to give you a sub four ERA that looks like it's a value. Um, but right now, like Nick brought up, he's just kind of back to what his old velocity was. So it's not like he's He's spiking it even more than it, what it used to be. And he hasn't been good since his rookie year. So it's, it's been a long time since we've seen a, a relevant Michael Fulmer. So I guess we'll have to kind of wait and see how that's going to play out. But let's get away from the Detroit Tigers. Well, it, it's just like Jacob Junius in this way. Uh, we got excited because all of a sudden, oh, he has this new cutter. And it's going, it's doing really well. But then you realize, wait, what we know about Jacob Junius was that he had one really good pitch and then nothing else. And that is what Jacob Junius is now still before it was a slider. Now it's a cutter. So I think it's important to remember that because there's a change doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it's always new and better and improved. It could just be a change from being much worse to now the old normal. And that old normal wasn't that great. So uh, hopefully for both of them, uh, both Junis and Fulmer, that that can change soon. He's blocking a Matt Manning rotation spot. That's what he's doing. Fulmer? Not like Arania? <laughs> oh my god yes how is jose Urena still a starter i that is he's got to be the worst actual starter in the big league. I, you know what's crazy is i think he's only like 27 he's matt moore would like a word with you but i uh, <laughs> it's i mean it makes total sense for Arena to be part of the detroit tigers because they can throw him as many innings as possible and there will be days when he had like eight strikeouts the other day like that will happen you'll have those birthday parties right that happen once a year when you celebrate about it <laughs> And it's, you know, Arrhenia is the perfect match for that. I mean, I would say if, like, Cole Amels was still a thing, that would be a fit, too. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that Arrhenia is there. And, uh, Him and Tehran. For the, yeah, for the, yeah, exactly. For the sake <laughs> They're of just the, there to right. block. Right. Well, not to block, but to, like, ease in. Yeah. Look, yeah. The, the Detroit true. as a baseball organization isn't like, oh, we need to get our aces in now because we're going to win the Central. You know, they're like, let's make it easy for them. And we have those innings covered. And cool. These are guys that are like the most uh, uh, easiest definition of innings eater you will find in both of those. So it makes perfect sense. And I know your pain. I mean, I remember Josh Tomlin blocking Mike Clevenger 
and that was the worst. Oh, oh God. And that was in like July. Like, come on, Cleveland, get it together. (laughs) And you know with Cleveland's pitchers that they're going to be something special. Oh, it was Clev, you know. mm. So, yeah, I know this pain very much, but I, I can't blame them whatsoever. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, I feel like we've been talking a lot about guys that were kind of like not too sold on. Let's, let's talk about a guy I think that's been the darling of fantasy baseball so far. And real life baseball for that matter. That's Trevor Rogers. He's got a one six four ERA. 31 Ks over 22 innings. K percent is actually top 10% in the league right now. His home run per nine is less than one per game. His BABIP isn't even that bad at 250. So it's not like there's could be horrible regression in terms of that regard here. Is he, all his ERA estimators show not any major regression coming. Nick, I, I guess my first question to you, I'm assuming you're in on this. And, and then my second question would be, how high is he in your top 100 pitchers right now? So I'll I'll say first I'd rather have Steven Matz. No. Wow. <laughs> he got Ooh, even... <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh man. There it is. Oh, I'm just Is kidding. it cuz okay. he's rostered in more leagues? There it is. Yeah. Thank you very much for there. I'm proud of you, Eric. Uh so <laughs> Right, no Trevor Rogers is looking fantastic right now. Um this is something I wrestle with a lot when it comes to creating the list. Uh, it's a really frustrating in some ways where like this was the year I, I didn't want to go by my gut as much as possible. I wanted to go by look, ignore emotion. I have to be conservative about things. I need to take into account 2020 was weird. We all collectively as a fantasy community say we're going to ignore most of this and we're going to stick to like how 2019 performed. So yes, higher in Corbin. Yes, higher on Granky and and so on. And I, as much as we want to be excited about like Joe Musgrove and Corbin Burns, we can't allow ourselves to do that. And I'm just upset at myself. And how could I ever do this to all of you now? So Trevor Rogers enters the picture throwing harder than last year. Um, showcasing really good fastball command on the inside corner to right handers, which if you ask me, the number one thing I like to see from left handers is being able to put a four seamer inside to a right hander, like with confidence. Then give me a secondary pitch that's going to be a whiff on the outside corner. And he has that with his changeup. We saw nine whiffs against the Orioles. And it was just, it was beautiful. Oh, I mean, hey, here's a slider that you can throw for a strike easily. Like, sure, whatever. I just, yeah, there's a slider done. That's what Trevor Rogers is doing right now. The only time he got burned against Atlanta was Acuna cheating too far on an inside fastball that wasn't even on the plate. Then he hit it for a home run somehow because he's Ronald Acuna. It's really, really magical. At the same time, like I was saying before, it's such a short sample right now. And I know how exciting this is. I really do because I am thrilled. It's much watch TV for me. We have to recognize it's a very long season. We're not even a month in. I uh, We don't know how many innings Rodgers is even going to go. And he's going to hit some sort of adversity. This is what happens. Guys are in rhythm and then they aren't for a moment. He's a young pitcher. Is he going to be able to get through that adversary and get back on track. And generally when I start truly buying into guys is when they have success, they start failing and then have success again. Cause we've seen this pattern before. Mm -hmm. Look at Matthew Boyd. Perfect Mm -hmm. example. 
so much success early on, absolutely killing it, then gets into trouble with home runs. And wait, all of a sudden, he hasn't gotten it quite back. I mean, debatably, as we've been talking about earlier today, but that's that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, so I want to push Trevor Rogers up, but I will also say there are a lot of legit aces this year. Um, it might surprise a lot of people to hear that considering like, no, we only need DeGrom and Cole and Bieber and so on. But I mean, inside the top 20, I even had trouble pushing up Burns and Glasnow and stuff because there's Flaherty still really good. Castillo is way better than how he's performed. Gallon is back. There's Lance Lynn who's returning, you know, uh, on Sunday, essentially. I mean, it's there are a lot of really good pitchers and it's hard to say that uh, Rodgers is going to go so far up because they're just too many talented guys to, uh, that have a larger track record for the success. So look, I hope I like August Trevor Rogers is 18th or something like that. Though. Nothing would make me happier. Um, but for those that want to or are curious about buying high, honestly, I would consider selling high. Like I would take Luis Castillo for Trevor Rogers. And I imagine there are some links that you can make that deal. Okay. What about some guys like Jesus Lazardo? Would you sell him for Jesus Lazardo? No. They're like ranked right next to each other right now. And I'll be honest, fantasy f- baseball is about having fun. And Trevor Rogers makes you happy and is fun. <laughs> you don't want to trade away for Luzardo, who is going to be an instant anxiety uh, for you, wondering if it's going to pan out or not. If you're selling Rogers, it has to be someone that you feel very confident is going to be good for the rest of the year. So then I was the other one I was going to ask was Zach Plesak, who I felt like is kind of in that range right now, too. Ooh, yeah, that's really, really close. So that's uh, the wise thing would be say, yes, go get Zach Plesak. But I don't care. Have just hold on to Roger. <laughs> if, you, if you like you feel worse you, when it comes to trading, you always feel worse uh, trading away, making the bad deal than missing the good deal. Right. Yeah. So so I'm always con- often con- uh, conservative when it comes to that. That makes total sense. Um, Cheesecake, I want to get you in here. What, how are you feeling about this breakout in Trevor Rogers? Are you going to try to sell high on him as well? Or are you trying to hold on to him basically unless a, an amazing offer comes your way? And he's got a he's nice... Really, he's really thinking he's about thinking it. He's thinking about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Am I back? Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we can, we can hear you. Am I back? Yes, right, um, can you hear us? You know, I, I, I feel, yeah, I feel like I missed out on Rodgers. He was going like 400th, you know, in the 400s during draft season. And, and you know, I, I was doing a, we did a Discord draft with uh, with the SP Streamer Discord where Rob DiPietro was all about him. And I was, and now I'm kicking myself because I should just listen to, to smart people when it comes to pitchers. But, uh, but I do look at Trevor Rodgers and I see that his, his walk rate, is is really high and he has had some home run issues in the past right now his average exit velocity which is not a perfect stat but it is in the sixth percentile his average exit velocity it is really really poor right now his max ev is not that great but when you look at the fact that he has home run issue passed he has a high walk rate but he's had some home run luck so far you could see some serious blow-ups coming in the future and and for me i love him. I, i'd keep him but I, but I'm wary. I'm looking for some home run blowups. I'm looking for those walks to bite him in the butt uh, coming up soon. So um, for me, like, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm upset that I missed out on him because I didn't get him anywhere. But uh, I'm also looking to say he's pitching a little bit out of his shoes a little bit right now. So I think that uh, you know he's going to see some of that regression. It's going to hit him pretty hard. And and like Nick said, I want to see what he does after that. Yeah, cheesecake for every. 
every Trevor Rogers is a Logan Webb. So don't worry. That's, that's what happens every draft season. We like to focus on the ones that make it and not the ones that don't. Right. So it's always so hard to tell which one it's going to be. That's very true. Absolutely. Like, as long as you're putting in the time to try to learn as much as you can, I feel like that's all that matters. Because again, not everything is going to hit. But if you follow your processes, you're going to find what you need. Let, let's get a little negative again. And I'm sorry for bringing this guy up. Uh, as a big Twins fan, we used to, back in the old days on like message boards on MLB sites, we used to call him Meow Mix because he's like a pussycat on the mound and he throws cat food. <laughs> so Kyle Gibson, an ugly K per nine, an ex-fip of nearly four. So his ex-fip isn't horrible, has not given up a home run all season, and his hardest percentage is actually a career low at this point. I never buy into Kyle Gibson because he, to Nick again to take it, he's like a cherry bomb because you know that he's going to blow up. It's just it's a matter of when and not if. He has thrown his change up a lot more this year. Are you looking to spend any type of money on Gibson if he's a free agent? Or are you looking to trade for him? What do you think, Nick? I mean, White Sox, Red Sox, uh, as they debate what kind of laundry you should have, should it be pink? I don't know. And twins are next. So uh, if you mix white and red, it's going to be pink laundry, guys. Anyway, <laughs> I, so that's a terrible schedule ahead for Kyle Gibson. I think it's a nice little hot streak is going on. I don't think his sinker is going to perform this well. The slider, like I, I watched some of these starts and there are times when Gibson, oh yeah, that's a serviceable starter. You don't see him and go, oh man, he's absolutely cruising here. He is dominant. It's more, okay, yeah, the fastball's going in the general vicinity of where he wants it to go. Cool, he's doing the right things, the right little sequences, and it's just kind of working. Uh, I, you can get away with that against weak teams like the Orioles. You're not going to get away with that as a right-hander against the White Sox, probably not the Red Sox, probably not the Hot Twins now who are finally, like, actually being good. Maybe not in the win column, but as a team, they're performing better. Uh, and I think Kyle Gibson is going to be an easy, easy acquire if you want him for that start against Seattle in a couple of weeks. But I wouldn't be chasing him before then. Cheesecake, you uh, same thing? Absolutely. Uh, that Baltimore start, he got some really good numbers. He was sharp, but not that sharp. Baltimore couldn't capitalize on some of the pitches that he missed. Uh, they didn't. And I and like like Nick said, I, I don't see the White Sox or the Red Sox missing on those misses by Kyle Gibson. And it's just too hard to uh, to miss your spots that much against good offense. All right. Keep him away from the pink laundry. Then wait, let's can move. We, wait, can we just say Meow Mix, another alliteration nickname? Just throwing it out there. Yeah, that, that, those are the ones that are the best. These are the ones that are sticking. That's true. Yeah. Yes. So then let's move to a guy who is coming off a bad start, but he also looked like he was kind of on his way to a breakout, and that's Waskari Noah. 32% K percentage, nearly a four and a half FIP. Walks per nine are by far the lowest since his rookie ball days with the Twins in 2016. So they're, they're actually uh, significantly lower. So there might be some walk regression coming. Does have a 33.3% home run five ball percentage. So maybe that might stabilize a little bit. His slider is everything and anything this year. So Nick, how are we feeling about Waskari Noah? Are you trying, are you, do you have FOMO if you don't have him? Or are you kind of like, I'm good? I uh, man, he is so electric. He throws 97, and at times it's like 99 on the black, and you're just in awe of this. And then he throws a slider that just falls off the table. It, it, it can be really, really filthy. It's like the best reliever acting as a starter. And I do worry, of course, that it's a two-pitch mix. There isn't that extra offering that he can confidently throw for a strike, just a good curveball or something like that, maybe a cutter even, that he can turn to. At the same time, I don't think that he is the the kind of wild arm like Peralta 
that would have what I would call feral command, where it's just kind of going everywhere and you're just you're just hoping to contain it in some way. Uh, so you know what I think is someone to capitalize on right now, especially with the Diamondbacks over this weekend. Uh, that Cubs start, I don't think he actually pitched that badly. I know it's kind of crazy. You, you see these, uh, I think it was six-yard runs that started against the Cubs, but the the, the pitches that the uh, the Cubs hit were kind of good. He allowed a slider home run to Wilson Contreras in the first inning. That was a really good get-me-a-strike pitch that just happened to go out somehow off of Contreras' bat. I think you're going to really like you know against the Diamondbacks, and I probably would start him again against the Cubs. So, yeah, get in while you can. So you're all in. People are freaking out. They think it's I've seen him dropped in some leagues. They're like, all right, this is what we're expecting. You're all in on trading for him or or picking up yeah, wherever you I can. Mean, in the short term, let's just see how he keeps going right now. If he's available in your 12 teamer, I would be starting for Arizona and assessing from there. But I will say the fastball and slider combination themselves are really, really good. The question is, how far can he go with just those two? Docker, do you agree? Are you a Waskari Noah cheerleader here? Yeah, and is it is it weird to to say he's like a diet Denilson Lamet? <laughs> that would that's actually Freddie Peralta. I call I call Denilson Lamet Professor Chaos because you look at uh-huh. strikes on plot and it's just there is no direction here. And then you look at Freddie Peralta and it's like the same thing. So he's general disarray if you follow South Park. Oh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and but yeah, I can see the same thing with Eno as well. I like that. Yeah, and you know, you talk about that slider, and I mean, hitters are hitting opposing or opposing batters hitting 161 against it, 350 against his fastball. You love the velocity, but you hope that he can get a little bit better with the control. But he's only had eight, he's pitched in 15 MLB games. He's had eight starts. That's something that you hope gets a little bit better with experience. That Nick, Nick has talked about, you know, for lefties that can hit the inside of the plate, or you know, righties that know how to. Uh, pitch in certain areas he's 22 years old and i love the intangibles with him so he's somebody that i'm high on the rest of the year all right so buy you some waskari noah there's another guy here i feel like that we might be on the same page on and that's nathan evaldi he's got an expected era actually almost a full run lower than his actual 304 era he hasn't gotten hit hard nearly as much this year and a big reason uh it looks like his pitch mix has been a big factor he's actually uh dropped nearly 20% usage uh, on some pitches, and he actually has upped his cutter. Or I'm sorry, he's nearly 20% drop on that cutter. So, And he's also allowed no home runs, very low walk percentage. He seems like he's a competent ace of the Red Sox staff. And I, I'm i kind of buying in on it a little bit. I think it, barring him getting hurt, which is definitely a real possibility, it seems like he's the real deal. Nick, are you buying in on Evaldi? I feel like I did a massive disservice um, to Nathan Evaldi. Uh, I, I'm just upset because he essentially had this gauntlet at the, tar- at the start of the year. He had some uh, tough opponents, and I and I saw, okay, he didn't have his cutter going, and Evaldi, the story of him has always been he has a really hard fastball, and then no secondary stuff to complement it. He's always searching for that pitch. With the Yankees, it was the splitter, but that didn't really work. Uh, then there was the cutter for a moment uh, with Evaldi that was coming back down into the zone, and that was the only way we've ever seen him be effective. But then the start of the year happened, and he's not using that cutter. He's going with curveballs and sliders more, and I didn't really believe it. And he's continuing to do that. I mean, all of his pitches, he has four secondaries, and they're all working. And it's shocking. And now he gets Seattle, Texas, and Detroit. Man. I messed up. I messed up big time. Uh, I'm very much in on those starts. I think you guys are going to be incredibly happy rostering Ivaldi. If there's any way that he's available at the moment. Yes, I would swoop him up and start him for the next two weeks at least. 
And Cheesecake, I know you're an Evaldi guy too. I know I've seen you pick him up in a couple leagues. Mm-hmm. Are, are you are you buying in on this too? Or are you trying to sell him? Do you think there's regression coming for him? What do you feel about Evaldi? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I I I don't trust him to stay healthy. Uh, he's never stayed healthy. But you can say that right now that I don't. It doesn't seem like Boston's messing around anymore. They're keeping him in the rotation. They're not moving him back and forth between the bullpen and the rotation anymore. So he is he's fully part of the rotation. And uh, the other thing I'll say that you can see he home runs have been an issue since he got to Boston. He's been over one point five, whereas prior to Boston he was he was under one home run. Or nine. His career is under one, but he's been over 1.5 his entire time in Boston, and he's given up no home runs that yet this year. But um, apart from the fact this season, apart from the fact that I I do expect him to miss time and not to throw probably more than like 120 innings this year, I'm I'm going to want him. I'm going to want to get all those 120 innings on my team. I think. All right, that's fair enough. Then let's move to a guy. That uh, I'm sorry, fast. It's another former Oriole that's succeeding in a new environment, and that is Alex Cobb. He went to the school of Kevin Gosman and started featuring a split finger fastball. K per nine is actually double his career norm at 13 per nine right now. He's got a 393 BABIP, which also means he could be due for some positive regression on that 4.6 ERA. Nick, are you taking a bite from that Cobb? There it is. Oh, let it loose. <laughs> let it loose. Uh, okay, so he gets Houston right now, right? Uh, and I don't think I want to start him for that. It It's 50% splitters. We saw it last start. It blew me away. I, I've, I've never seen someone go 50% splitters. It just doesn't happen. You know, the mm-hmm. highest you've seen really is like 40% from uh, Matt Shoemaker when he was on his famous runs, if you remember those back in the day. But... That that's really it. Fifty four percent splitters is crazy, and it turned into ten strikeouts for Alex Cobb. I don't know if that's sustainable in any way. Yes, we talk about it as the thing. You hear about the thing that's Alex Cobb's splitter, and it was back last year a bit. And now he's really leaning into it, and maybe this can stick. The good news is if he survives Houston, it is Texas and the the Rays that are not a strong offense right now um, whatsoever. So you could get a long benefit from this. The other thing I do want to mention is that he's only had two starts this year. I mean, yes, there was a issue, of course, with the Twins, and they really messed up the whole Angels uh, rotation. But they also have a six-man rotation with Otani, and it is going to be more spaced out, which I don't want to neglect as an actual thing because that's 20% um, production loss. And it's going to be a little bit more frustrating having Cobb, who's a, a fringe guy, going less frequently when you're trying to make those decisions on streams. So those two things combined, uh, I mean, look, if he shows up against uh, against Houston and actually dominates this, I think it's actually tonight, mm-hmm. uh, then maybe, I, I like, if he's still doing it, fine, I'll take it twice against the, the Rangers and Rays, but I'm not really buying this long term. You've also brought up before, I, I've heard you talk about that the splitter is like the pitch that... You Most can, volatile pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you, do you trust if he's going to throw it this much... That that's going to be sustainable, right? But if a guy has rhythm with it, uh, you know, we've seen stretches before, like for the full season, no. But then again, Gaussman is like the most consistent thing in the world with a splitter. It's it actually astonishing to me how consistent Kevin Gaussman is with the splitter. Uh, maybe Cobb is, found it again, and that can stick. Baseball is weird like that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be betting on fifty percent plus splitters the entire season with success. Cheesecake. 
Are you in on Alex Cobb? Or are you trying to get him? Are you spending money on him? What are your thoughts on Alex Cobb? Of course you're in on Alex Cobb. It's a pitcher that the Orioles gave up on. Yeah, there we that go. That means he's going to be great. That means he's going to be great. You know the um, alumni, the alumni well, Jake Arrieta and uh, Dylan Bundy as well. Yeah, there's so Rodriguez. many. Yes, Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is, the Orioles are great at developing pitchers for other teams. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, I, 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 I think it's K-Rate that, the increase splitter too. Is, oh right. yeah, that that increase will turn into an Oriole hatred podcast. <laughs> I, I, you know, they, you know, being a Cubs fan, I'm loving Arietta. You know, we got a Cy Young out of him. Maybe we can get another Cy Young. Maybe an Alex Cobb Cy Young and 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 Trout in the playoffs here. What do we say, guys? Um, <laughs> I think the I think the K rate's going to stay a little bit up because that splitter's going to splitter produces a higher whiff rate. Than than the uh, than the fastball and, and and sinker. Wait, is he a is he a two seamer? Is he a sinker pitcher? Not a four seamer? Yeah, I think he I'll, throws I'll a sinker. That, but, I'll check yeah. on that for you. Yeah, it's I, I'm pretty sure it's a sinker. His it produces a much higher whiff rate than a sinker. So I think that the the K's I think you can look and see if he if he can keep that splitter usage up. His K rate is going to stay up from what it has been. But I I I mean, apart from the joke that you got to trust guys that Baltimore gives up on. I, I don't trust Cobb until I've seen, you know, I, until I, I've seen a lot from him right now. You know, like, like, like Nick said, you ride him because he's got some favorable matchups coming up. I mean, but, uh, but other than, other than the matchups, I'm, I'm not in on Cobb. I, I don't have any trust in him. I still feel like that Baltimore Alex Cobb is inside there somewhere. And I'm, and I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be putting myself out there in a league that I care about by putting him out when it's so not, you know, Seattle. So you're Go saying ahead. if you're in a league with cheesecake and you see him starting Alex Cobb, he does not care about your league. <laughs> 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 yes. The writing is on the wall in that case. I, I, I should, I should not have put that out there. Oh, don't edit that. this out either. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, if any leagues that we're in, we see you pick them up, we're going to screenshot it and put it on Twitter. To <laughs> <everybody can bash. laughs> That's great. He does throw a, a sinker and a curveball. Both of them have at least a 22%, around 22% usage. But he ditched, he only threw the fastball five times last year. So he just ditched that completely so far this year. So it's just pretty much those three pitches. It makes me wonder if that, five fastballs was like just miscategorizing a different pitch it, it could have been for yeah. sure um let's move we got two guys left we'll get through real quick one guy is the mr no hitter near perfect game carlos rodon 32 percent k percentage walking still too many guys with a 10 percent walk percentage right now yes right era estimators still have him very good even though it's not his magical four seven era that's current right now ethan katz was working his magic I was in on Dylan Cease. I'm still going to ride that ship until uh, that ship sinks. But uh, I should have just looked at his teammate there and thought it could happen the same thing with him. But uh, I'm kind of mad I have zero Carlos Rodon. Nick, should I be upset with myself or is this something that's going to make me feel better later on? Uh, Well, a couple things. One, Cease could be turning the corner. Um, He gets Cleveland, I believe, tomorrow night and... He did throw good fastballs with a really nice slider uh, command last start. So maybe I'm I'm not saying it is, but if there's a time for Dylan Cease to turn the corner, (laughs) it's the next start. I'm just, it's just in my head. I'm like really eyeing that one, Um, but you should have gotten Rodon. I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, (laughs) 
His fastball was up in, in spring training, and it stuck around. Uh, 95 miles per hour is higher than any other season Rodon has had. It's normally around 93 and change. And what's really interesting to me was he had that consistently in the first start, and then the no-hitter, he was at 92 and change in the first. And by the end, was his second-to-last pitch was 98. And he ramped up through the start. And actually, that happened in the most recent outing as well. That's something that Verlander would do. Um, he's still around, I guess, but, you know, he used to do it too. And I like to see that. I like to see that he's you know, throwing hard consistently, can average 94, 95 now. It's certainly going to help things. It's always going to rely on his slider, though. Um, at Well, actually, I take that back a little. The changeup has developed this year, and it's been a very welcome addition for Carlos Rodon. But at the same time, if a slider is not getting strikes, not getting swings, uh, then he's going to run in some problems. But hey, he has a 51% strike rate this year on that slider. That's good enough. You want to see like 60-ish. But 51, I'll take that from Rodon. And yeah, you're still writing this. The, the whole Chicago White Sox situation is a great one to pitch for. You have Grandal, who's an amazing framer. You have a solid defense, especially with Tim Anderson back now. And you're in the Central, which is going to have Cleveland. It's going to have Detroit. It's going to have a lot of Kansas City and a really good offense helping you get wins. And Toledo Risso is like, yeah, whatever. What's 110 pitches, right? So that whole mix makes Rodon in the perfect opportunity to to succeed through the entire season. Doc, I don't think you have any Carlos Rodon. Are you having FOMO? No. I- I, you know what? I own him every year except for this one. Uh, David, I, I do want to say tomorrow you'll be in a little bit of, of a pickle. Your guy, Dylan, ceases pitches against your alter ego, Dane Dunning. So, oh, do they? Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's another back. <laughs> That's, that's another story. That's uh, that's going to be a tough one for you. I'm actually out on Rodone. Um, I know he's started out the year well, 3-0, ERA. It's actually an expected ERA of 3.08. He's never had an ERA under four when he's pitched an entire season. And I'm looking at this year as an anomaly so far. His Ks per nine are 11.3. His career average is under nine. His home run per nine is 0.47. Gives up over one a game for his career. His ground ball rate is down extremely high. And I look at his injury history, 2017 IL stints for left bicep bursitis, left shoulder inflammation, 29 Tommy John surgery, and shout out to Curlin for this stat. He's thrown 110 pitches in two straight outings. I don't see him being able to hold up the entire season doing that. The White Sox did get him on a one-year, $3 million contract, so nothing really for them to lose by pitching him frequently and having him go deep in games, but... I don't think the longevity of that will hold up. Yeah, that's that's very fair. Uh, I will say that Rodon costs nothing. He doesn't. And anything you get, you know, just keep riding him for as long as it's Oh, works. for sure. The anomaly is that he's throwing 95. Of course he's not going to have the 93-94. Oh, sorry, the, 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 the same season when he's throwing 93-94. Right. I mean, I don't know if that's going to stick, though. That's I, I agree with you there. Like Maybe that is the anomaly of, like, is he going to hold 95 through the year? I hope so. That would be great and really fun and cool. But if he starts throwing 93 or so and he gets like a good result, but the FIP isn't there and you're kind of wondering, is that not real or not? It's not real if he's throwing 93. And maybe I'm just a little salty that I own him every year <laughs> and just I've get heard my that hopes up. People. Yeah. And, and, and like this is the, and I'm glad I didn't do it with Brios this year because that would have really bothered me. But I own people like every year, Freddy Peralta, Radon, Berrios, and it's just like, all right, this is the year I'm giving up. And then, of right. course, they turn it around. Yeah, you were right. Rodin, and you shouldn't have been. Oh, that's good. Nick, oh, man. Nick, that was you, a mic you, drop. You, that you, was have a, you have a talent. You have a gift. 
<laughs> it is you a end- gift. You you ended oh, no. me on that one. Oh man. <laughs> we got one last guy we'll get to, and he's in the central as well. It's Danny Duffy. Felt like he's been around forever. His basketball velo is up nearly two ticks. He's solid across the board, whether it's stats or X stats. Is he more than just a serviceable starter that you're looking to stream against weak opponents, or is there more there, Nick? I mean, look, Danny Duffy throwing 94-95 out of nowhere was amazing, to say the least. Uh, this is someone who, in 2016, threw 94 and change, and we didn't expect it, because that's what he did as a reliever. Then when he became a starter, he held the velocity, which you just don't see. Normally, you lose a tick or two when you go from relief where you can go 100% to being a starter. And now Danny Duffy's throwing as hard as that? That you're not supposed to do that at all. Uh, in the first start, he was around 93 or so. Uh, and I thought, okay, yeah, that's kind of typical for Duffy. But then it was 94.5. And then he did come down a little bit more in this most recent start. Uh, but I'm still kind of in just in the short term. It's a good schedule right now. Um, when it's a tougher schedule, and if he's not averaging 94 plus, then I might be out there. But just follow this. I don't know. It, it's very interesting. There have been moments like, Brad Keller's throwing over 94 again. Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> Something kind of is going on in Kansas City. There was a moment when Mike Miner was throwing harder than before. Now, then he was down, but maybe he goes back up. I don't know. It's all very confusing. But right now, Danny Duffy's throwing hard, and that should make you happy. So you're targeting him. Cheesecake, are you targeting him at all? Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've liked Duffy. Every season he has these runs where he looks like a really good pitcher, and then he follows it up where he gets blown up. I mean, this is just a total gut call, but, you know, we could be looking at the best run of his career. We could be looking at his best season right now, and that's not going to be a great season, but it's certainly going to be a serviceable back-of-your-rotation fantasy season. Um, and, like I said, this is a total gut call. I, I, I've i been in on him for portions of every season the last few seasons, Um and uh, had to drop him afterwards, but uh, you know why not? I'll I'll bite again. I'll bite again. <laughs> I I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna put up. You know, he could put up his best season of his career, and I want to be in on it. I hope you stream him and he gets you negative. You're taking uh, your, no, your fork. No, Eric, take that back. <laughs> exactly. Okay, okay, you okay. Want all to be no dope. negativity. Yeah, okay, that's right. right. All right. Okay. Let's go, Duffy. Cheesecake stuff. Cheesecake's taking his fork and he's taking a deep bite out of that cheesecake, that mm. that Danny Duffy cheesecake. So I'm, I'm all for it, all for it. But that was great breaking down those 12 guys. Those are some of the 12 most added guys across a lot of leagues over the last few weeks here. So we'll have to see how those play out and how the results will show as we continue on in the season. Now it is time for our question of the week. And our question of the week is sponsored by... An affiliate of the show, Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is now official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit match when you become a new member and use that code. And if you're looking to win some cash, make sure you follow the Triple Play Monkey Knife Fight shows coming soon to give you a 10 to 15 minute show to help you find out our locks to help you win big. All right. Our question this week, who is your favorite ace? that you've watched in your life. All right. So it doesn't necessarily mean it was the best pitcher, but the, uh, or no, I'm sorry. That was a question for another week. <laughs> Next up. Nick looked at me and I was like, wait a second. I'm sorry. Who was the scariest pitcher that you've watched in your life? 
And that meaning that doesn't mean the best pitcher, but it means the pitcher that you just had that scariest mound presence. So oh, Nick, man. you're the guest. We'll start with you. So can I, okay, there's a, there's a correct answer that I know mm-hmm. you guys will give, and I'm going to let you give that. I'm going to give kind of the, the off color answer. I, uh, because this is a scary human, and I think what he represents is a terrible, terrible thing, and that's John Rocker. Yeah. So to me, he is the scariest person on the mound because just that man, he's not a good human, and I don't like him whatsoever, and just him being there doing his thing in this and kind of just, he was just scary to me. Just, nope, don't like it, John Rocker. Don't want to see it. Don't want to see it. I'm looking up at him now. I've actually never heard of John Rocker. You've never heard what? of John Rocker? Eric, oh, you heard of Man, let me, let me tell you about John I, Rocker. I, I have heard of the name, but I'm not going to oh act my. like I know who he is. Google John, John Rocker, Rocker Subway in New York. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, essentially, Google he's that. just a racist guy who, yeah. uh, you know, just just a horrible person, really. And he would jump, run, sprint to the mound, you know, would have this like dead eyed look. Um, absolutely. I do remember up. him now. And he was just the epitome of like everything bad about the sport of baseball in some way that there are people that were bred to be this. So mm-hmm. to me, that was scary seeing like mm-hmm. baseball have this character in this position with yeah. this voice and everything. So I know that's not like all what you were going for. But I also wanted to let Cheesecake and Doc say the obvious answer that the only one I could really think of. And I wanted to at least just say, like, John Rucker sucks. Any opportunity I, I get to say that, I will I will do. He does suck. I'm not going to say what I'm reading right now in this it's article. It's terrible, right? This is it's, bad. It's horrifying. Oh, wait, David, yeah. can you send this to me? I need to read it after the show. Yeah, I'll send it to you after the show. That, yeah, that... I'm showing my age, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I know, too. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually pretty good with, the, with baseball players, even if they're past my time. But I had never heard of him. Cheesecake, was that where you were going to go or you have somebody else? No, I think I think the answer that Nick was leaving for us is Randy Johnson. Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I, was I I I spent twenty five minutes watching a YouTube clip of SportsCenter highlights of Randy Johnson last night in preparation of this, and it was one of the best twenty five minutes I've spent in a long time. <laughs> for, for one, not only did I hear uh, Dan Patrick, Chris Berman, Linda Cohn, Mike Tirico giving highlights again, it was great. Dan Patrick going the whiff whenever whenever um uh, johnson would <laughs> would uh would 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 cause a swinging strike and you'd see like okay here are the hall of famers that he struck out on this highlight ricky henderson dave winfield pudge rodriguez frank thomas kirby puckett cal ripping jr i could keep going there were highlights where you get a complete game giving up three runs complete game giving up four runs there was one where dan patrick said they have him on a pitch limit of 110 this game. And I was like, <laughs> wow, how times have changed. But wow. you look at, you look at Johnson, his hair swinging wildly, his six foot 10 frame, not even, you know, flailing towards you going 97 with that slider that you weren't going to touch unless you closed your eyes and prayed. Uh, the scariest guy I could think of is the only one, like the only one who to me fits this question is Randy Johnson. I mean, look at how John Crook reacted. That's all you need to do. (laughs) You brought up Randy Johnson without mentioning that he killed the bird. That would have scared me. Yeah. That was was accidental. Eric. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was like today he's putting his tie on in the mirror. Today I'm going to kill a bird. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like he threw the ball so fast, and obviously a lot of people throw 97, but it's just like wow, he threw so fast. You saw the result from it. Oh man, that was that was such a sad moment. Can you imagine that with Twitter today? It, it, yeah, that would have been guess would have been made of that. Uh, it, it's a it's a fun fact for you guys that he's a photographer now. Oh yeah, yeah. I he thought, didn't like baseball. He just it worked for him, so he yeah. did it. Oh he's God. all in his photography stuff. <laughs> uh, so Doc, I don't know if Randy Johnson was your pick. Do you have another one? I do. I, I had a couple because I I was prepared that somebody would take Randy Johnson. For me, the, I think the most recent one has to be Chris Sale. You look at the unorthodox throwing yes. motion. Mm. You look at somebody that always appears to be grumpy on the mound. Um, you know, kind of that that scrawny build. But from what I've read, he has a very unpredictable personality. And one of the articles I read when he was on the White Sox is he didn't like the throwback jerseys that they were going to wear. And yeah, he just got the scissors and cut them up. And I can't imagine if somebody is that incensed about wearing a jersey. Imagine if he had a beef with a, a hitter, you know, somebody hit a home run off of him and stared down a little too long. He's going for them next at bat, and he can throw fast prior to Tommy John. So, so I, oh, go ahead, Nick. I, I don't know if you guys, I mean, one of my favorite pitches ever thrown is actually the, the one that resulted in a grand slam, and it was a 3-2 changeup from Sale to Mike Trout, which is it's the most ridiculous home run I've ever seen. It was the most perfect 3-2 pitch just out of the zone, down away. Trout yanks it, or hits it straight to center, and it's a home run, and it's all of a sudden a 5-5 game in the bottom of the eighth, right? Chris Sale afterwards goes into the, you see him go into the locker room and take a bat. And as like, you just get the last glimpse of him, he's swinging it at something. And it's like, oh man, Chris Sale. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, you know what? I just looked it up and there's a video of it. As soon as we're off, that's what I'm looking up. Yep. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that pitch awesome. itself though, that was such an unbelievable, like how was that a home run? And oh, welcome Mike Trout to the world. I think it was 2014. Most Nick, how do you know all this thing. stuff? Do you want to well, tell me the date this. it was? I, I don't know the date whatsoever. I just remember it was 2014. But oh, my man. God, it's it's crazy. If you're playing it right now, it's, you should be. It's so good. It's I so am. Cool. You've, you've made me so curious. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to oh give it. Oh, my an, gosh, you're right. It's uh, unreal. How does he hit that? Wow. I, I want to give an honorable shout out to John Rauch, who I think was the either. I think he was as tall as Randy Johnson, if not like. It was right around to say he was like 6'10 or something ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I want to give a yeah. shout out to Craig Kimbrell because when he would stare you on the mound with his arm, the he's still pitching. He does it. I don't know. How is he like, don't you get sore doing that? That's yeah. not, why do you <laughs> I, choose that? You don't have to be a vulture. I, I like if I was a, a batter, I'd be like, I, it would be so intimidating, especially when he was like with his Braves days and he sure, was yeah. like, oh, my God. Uh, but then I, I, I'm surprised you guys didn't say this. I think there's another obvious answer besides Max Randy Scherzer. Johnson. Yes, Max Scherzer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I, David, I knew you were going to say yeah. that, which is why I didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, he is the definition of a bulldog. He's the definition of someone that stares through your soul. So I, if I was a batter, that'd probably be the guy I would be most scared facing in the box, just how intense he is. Yeah, I would. I would. Okay, so I would make the argument that like if you're going against Scherzer, like you're not afraid that he's going to hit you. You know, you're yeah. not afraid for your safety, though. Mm-hmm. He's he's, mm-hmm. he's he's there as a competitor. In some ways, actually, I would feel energized by it because I don't feel like my life is in danger. This guy is just so into this game, and I can be so into this game, too. But Araldus Chapman, oh, boy. Oh, that, that oh, could, yeah. 
That would terrify me. That's a good one. Yeah, that's just like, wow. oh my god, I don't. He doesn't know where it's going. If he doesn't know, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> that that would terrify me a bit. Yeah, and if I, you're if you're facing Scherzer, you have to feel like there's a pretty good chance you can homer off of him. <laughs> he gives up a lot of them. That's for sure. I, I I also think Josh Hader is kind of like yes. Randy Johnson light. He's got the long hair that. even. Yeah, he's got the long hair even. He's got the mm. long lanky long lanky body and that long motion where he looks like he's right on top of you when he's releasing the ball. And he does have a tattoo sleeve. Yeah, that's, that's there you go. That's another yeah. thing that doesn't get to me. That, that that's showing me he's trying to intimidate me. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> There's that try hard. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's get to the last segment of the night, and that's our game of the week. We're talking nostalgia, so I figured I had to play that. Nick, you definitely know where that's from, right? Oh, that's rock ball rock. That's uh the basketball. Um, no, that I mean that's yeah, uh, round ball rock. That's NBA and NBC. By John but, Tesh. Yes. But yeah, yes. John Tesh. But wait, there's a great SNL skit. Uh, oh man, give me the ball. Basketball. Basketball. basketball da, da, da. So give me the ball. I'm gonna dunk it. It's great. It's a great you watch skit. It. It's a great Jason Sudeikis. It's wonderful. <laughs> you guys are giving us so much good material to look up after the show that we haven't seen. Basketball. Basketball. Give, me, give, me, give me the ball. I'm gonna, gonna dunk it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I, that's, wait, what SNL skit is that? It's just just uh, Round Ball Rock, I guess. Uh, I, don't, I mean, that's the name of the actual song. It's oh, on YouTube. It. It's yeah. on YouTube. Okay. I watched it a few weeks ago, actually. It's, it's that good. It's in my rotation. Okay, I'm going to put that on after the show as well. So, Nick, I don't know if you remember, we did a game last time, and you <laughs> said, I thought you were like, oh, I was going to do a, uh, I wanted you guys, if we were going to do pitch mix, that's my game. And I was like, oh, I man. got you. I was like, next okay. time, I, I got you. So, we so are doing now a I, pitch mix. I'm definitely going to lose. Okay, great. <laughs> Congrats on the win, Nick. Congrats <laughs> on the win. We, we've got your bread and butter here, the pitch mix game. I've got seven pitchers lined up with an eighth as a tiebreaker. Your job is going to be to tell me whose pitch mix I'm listing. I'm going to give you four pitchers, and then you got to choose which one of those four you're picking. All right. Do it. All right. I'm coming and, in last. And we'll obviously start with somebody. <laughs> Love the confidence in yourself. We'll start with someone different each time. So that way you guys can't just piggyback off of Nick. All right. Damn. Who knows? If I'm, about- I'm going to get it right. I'm going to throw you off and get it wrong. <laughs> All right. So the first guy we got, David Peterson. Ah, oh, my God. I don't. <laughs> I think I think it's David Peterson. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with David wow. Peterson. Okay, hold on, hold on. Slider. I um is it a change? Okay, sinker, slider, change up, maybe a curveball. He's a sinker, slider, change up, four seam. Oh no, curveball. Just okay. Okay. All right, so we all get a but, point for that, right? Yeah, wow, it's a good thing I had. It's a good thing I had the extra, so then we'll just do well, the next seven. <laughs> I didn't Guess format that. it in the best way. Okay. So just, just end the game. End the game when it's a tie, man. All right. Next one here. This pitcher throws four pitches. Most he relies on a four seamer just under 62% of the time. He mixes in a slider and a change at about 19 and 18% respectively. And he's thrown only one sinker this year. So he's pretty much a three pitch pitcher at that regard. Your choices are Julio Urias, Dylan Bundy, Aaron Savale, or Trevor Rogers. Nick, we'll start with you first. 62% fastball, and he said it was a slider? Slider is his next at 19%, yes. And what was the fourth one that he doesn't really throw? Uh, sinker, he's thrown one. Okay. He has also I... an 18% changeup. 
I know I'm debating between two guys who are like incredibly similar here. Uh who are they? Uh, I'll take the other one. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Trevor Rogers. Cheesecake, where are you going? Oh, I wasn't gonna go with Rogers. Now I'm tempted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Urias. Doc. It's not friend of the pod, Aaron Savale, I'll tell you that. Um, He's awesome, yeah. He really is. Uh, I'm going to go Arias as well. I think it's Arias, but yeah, it's it's Trevor Rodgers. I'm I'm saying Trevor Rodgers. I realize that Trevor Rodgers probably throws his change up too much, so I messed it up. You guys got it. Nick, you got to trust your gut, man. You are correct. It is Trevor Rodgers. Wow, right oh. off the bat. I, I, oof, I, I wanted to change my answer. Okay, good. All right, good, good. <laughs> Got to go with that first instinct. What, what, what is it with Arias then? I mean, like, it's because I wanted to call it a curveball is why I didn't choose him. Okay, uh, I'll look it up while you guys are answering the next yeah, one. Um, so shout out to Baseball Savant because they have the comparison. So it made it so I could actually oh, pick wow. a lot of good ones yeah. that are connected to each other here. Next one. We'll do Brandon Woodruff. Oh my god! Oh, I did it again. oh my lord! I love it. Oh my god! No, what, <laughs> easiest is, game yet. This is nuts. Okay, okay. No, there's that's less a, opportunity for us to come back. Cheesecake. That's a four oh, seamer change true. of slider with some sinker in there. I mean, it's actually like thirty to twenty sinker, or a four seamer to sinker, or something like that. Yeah, so it's a sinker four seam, both around thirty one percent right now. Yeah. He's got a change up in slider at thirteen percent, and then a curve at twelve. David, just uh, stop reading these names. No, no, no. I, that was the last time. All right, this we're good now. We're good now. Sure. Okay. <laughs> You're stressed out. You're stressed out. I can tell. This this, this pitcher throws four pitches: sinker at over forty percent, slider at a touch over thirty-eight, a four seam at eighteen, and a changeup at just over eight percent. Your choices are J.T. Brubaker, aka Coffee Cakes, Chad Cool, Joe Ross, Zach Eflin. Wow. Okay, what were the what were the last two again? Joe uh pitches or players? Uh pitches. It is a four seamer at eighteen percent and a changeup at eight percent. Okay. I'm not going first this one, right? No 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 the, uh cheesecake, you're up first. <laughs> I haven't oh gosh. I haven't looked No. No, it's not him. Okay. Um, I have mine. Don't take it. Uh, give me coffee cakes on this one. Coffee cakes. Doc. I'm going. I'm going. Zach Eflin. I remember hearing that he's going to rely less on the fastball, more on the sinker. All right. Uh, so Nick, okay. So it. it was coffee cakes. Zach Eflin. Who were the other two? Uh, Chad Cool and Joe Ross. Oh man. Okay. So it's 100 was... percent not Eflin because it's a curveball in there. I. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> damn. Yeah, take him down. <laughs> you know, it was between him and Joe Sorry. Ross for me. I'm happy I could talk it out. I mean, uh, I just I don't know the exact pitch mix of Joe Ross. Um, Chad Cool is sinker heavy, and he has thrown some four seamers in there. Way to just make uh, me feel dumb. Well, no, 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 no. no. But uh, this is really, really close. I think Coffee Cakes changes it up a little too much. I'm going to go Chad Cool. So the answer is Joe Ross. Oh, oh should have just gone with that one. Nobody got it right. <laughs> you know, if there's any kind of friends reference I can make in there with Ross, I'm going to yeah, put it in there. Yeah, you should have pivoted. Oh. <laughs> so nobody that's gets a, a point for that one. That's, that's the Red friend. Ross. Okay. Red Ross. Pivot. Pivot. 
This, <laughs> this next one we got. This pitcher throws five pitches. What's his name? <laughs> I almost did it. I'm like <laughs> taking a second each time. <laughs> this pitcher throws five pitches. A four seamer at 42.5%, slider at 38%, change at 13.5%, and a curve at 5.1%. Technically five pitches because he's thrown a sinker once this year. So I, you can ax that if you want. Your choices are Jose Urania, Tony Disco, Coffee Cakes, or John Gray. Can you say it one wow. more time? This is unreal. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Jose, these are the, the guys or the pitches, Eric? The pitches. I'll tell you the pitches in order of how much they use them. So four seamer, slider, change, curve, and then a sinker he's thrown once. Going John Gray. He signed a baseball for me. <laughs> Good reasoning. Uh-huh. Nick? Uh, okay, so there's John Gray, uh, Coffee Cakes. Uh, who are the other two? Tony Disco and Jose Urania. Oh, man. I don't know Urania's. It would I probably... Why would I spend enough time to study Urania's? <laughs> because you can tell that Mike no, Trout okay. hit, hit a 3-2 changeup off Chris Sale I, in 2014. I remember I remember Urania's now. Yeah, I can remember. Dude, I've seen that so many times. Though, I just think of it endlessly. <laughs> How did he hit that pitch? I don't understand. It is, it is pretty crazy. Um, I'm going to go with Tony Disco. LC? No, oh, you know, can I take it back? All right, yeah, fine. you, you, yeah, not, you, you not, can take it I'm back. Not, if you I'm want. not taking it back. I'm not taking it back. I'm not. Taking no, it back. Gonna, it's probably it's probably going to be coffee cakes because David put it twice on there. That's my thinking. I'm going coffee cakes because <laughs> you did just this the second time you've used them. <laughs> just because of that? Yeah. <laughs> well, you need to have better faith in your host because the answer is John Gray. Oh yeah, and the game. Let me tie with Nick. Sinker. He throws a sinker. Nice job. Um, <laughs> cheesecake. Mm mm. That was right, your tell a few games ago. I know. I, I, you guys made the mistake of telling me that, so now I learned. <laughs> Throw you off here. All right. <laughs> this next guy throws four pitches. Fastball, 56.5%. Slider at 24%. A change, just under 13%. And a curve at 6.5%. So four pitches. Your choices are Jose Urquidy, Christian Javier, Chris Paddock, and Daniel Ponce de Leon. Um, Jose Urquidy. Cheesecake? I'm going with Arcidi as well. Doc? I'm going with Arcidi as well. Uh, it should have taken longer. Yeah, let's say you gave that away <laughs> with how quick you were with it. It is oh, Jose yeah. Arcidi. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm piggybacking Doc, off of Nick when he goes to me. me. Did you have an idea about that or no? Doc, Darn did me? you? Yeah, did you have any idea or were you just riding what they said? Uh, it, was, it was either going to be him or Paddock with how fastball heavy it was. Okay. But then, but then I remember yeah, Paddock's, Paddock's over. Paddock's a two pitch guy, and so and is I, that's what I remember. And, Paddock's a two pitch guy, and Christian Javier did not have Javier's a two pitch guy. Those yeah, are, Paddock's going like 67 percent. Yeah, yeah. Arcidi has that Paddock sixty seven percent. Yeah, that's that's weird that they. Uh, I guess that one's kind of interesting that they grew grouped together with uh with Urquidy then because they obviously are very. Yeah. Uh, next guy here. I put together His this name. list of <laughs> I put together this list of guys he's related to. So this this was before I figured out that hack on baseball savant. So this guy throws six pitches, a four seamer that headlines at 30%, followed by a cutter, 20%, changeup at 18, curve at 16, a slider at 11, and a sinker which he threw 
the most last year down at 4.6%. Your choices are you Darvish, Joe Musgrove, Aaron Savale, Jesus Lazardo. Elsie. 30% on the four-seamer, 20% on a cutter, 18 on a change, 16 on a curve, 11 on a slider. Jeez. This guy Six doesn't pitches. have a screwball, too? That was <laughs> the kitchen sink at you. Six pitches? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to go Joe Musgrove. Doc? So- so it's Musgrove, Darvish, Savale, and who's the last one? Lazardo. Lazardo. Um, I'm between Musgrove. You know, I think I remember us talking with Savale about how he threw, just how he had six pitches. and So I'm locking that in. This is where Nick tells me I'm wrong. Aaron Savale. <laughs> At least you got to go last this time. It is Aaron Savale. Nick copied <laughs> off of me? What? <laughs> he knew the answer. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's, there's no way it's it's Darvish. He's throwing you know, four-seamer heavy. No, no, he's cutter heavy. Joe, uh, Joe Musgrove is going breakers first over four-seamers. Mm. Um, I don't remember who the last one was, but that was Lizardo. Like, uh, yeah. Lizardo yeah. throws three pitches. That's uh, exactly what I was thinking in my mind. <laughs> so Savale, Savale is, is a cutter heavy guy. So uh, what's so what's the score? Was that low? What's the score going into the last one? How much you uh, got? And I are tied. That's all I. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Cheesecake, you you're down. You got to catch up here. Last I guy do. we have on the list here. Don't say his name. <laughs> no, <laughs> say it. I'll, I'll take splitting with Nick. <laughs> this pitcher throws two. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> this pitcher throws three pitches, headlined by a splitter, forty five percent, followed by a sinker, followed by a curve. Choices are Kevin Gosman, Alex Cobb, Jordan Lyles, and Jorge Lopez. Jesus. And what we're starting with me. We're starting with you, Doc. Sorry, I missed- it works out. Huh? What, what was the first pitch? Said? First pitch was I didn't a hear split the first finger. pitch. Split finger. Okay. Oh, gosh. If this was Kevin Gosman of last year, I'd say that would be lower. It's, it's Gosman, Cobb, Jorge Lopez, and who's the last hey. one? Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles. I have no idea what Jorge Lopez throws. <laughs> um, this is good. You're going first, Eric. I know. I know. You know, the fact that Pollock and I are tied for the last one is amazing to me. Well, I also missed out on two of them. That could have impacted I would have gotten both you, of them. I, I would have gotten both of them. You deserve that John Gray one. Absolutely. So it's splitter. It's what else? What sinker else? Sinker curve. Splitter, sinker curve. Yeah. Eric, Chris, I'm going to go Cobb. All right. I'll save Pollock. I'll have you go last. Elsie. He knows it. I can I know, see that's it. Why I'm going to go last. <laughs> I know. On his face. You're changing the rules of the game. This is nonsense. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Who are the four pitchers again? The, the four pitchers. <laughs> Even though I don't need to read them for you, I'll read them again. Kevin Gosman, Alex Cobb, Jordan Lyles, Jorge Lopez. Nick's uh, working on his poker face right now. It's not very good, Nick. It's not very good poker face. I'm going to go. Accidentally utter, I hope you accidentally utter the wrong name. I'm going to go Jordan Lyles because I don't know for sure. 
Nick. Jordan Lyles is throwing a new slider. I oh cool. It's Alex Cobb, Doc. That's so, what I said. I know. And and if you guys remember, he was brought up in the show, and we With talked Singer. about his. We talked to Singer. We, mm-hmm. we talked. To, I was like, which one of you guys was listening? But I knew Nick was going to know it. But well, forty five percent splitters. <laughs> I feel like Seinfeld when I say this. Forty five percent splitters. <laughs> Well, we don't do this too often, but we are going to share the championship today yes! between the doc yes! and between Pollock. Give me my one person cheer. Yeah, we'll give, the cra- grave. we'll give the crowd. Hey, for, you earned for- that. You, you earned that. You got it in the last round. You were first. You picked Cobb. You got there. That's Thank you. you. Yeah. Here you go, doc. Yay! That one person <laughs> never stops believing in me. Thank you. I will find out who you are one day. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, Nick, this was an absolute treat as always, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Oh, this is a pleasure, man. You guys do such a great job with this. I'm, I'm touched you want me back. Um, obviously, we'll do this again another time. And really, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, it, again, it, it is our treat. It's our pleasure. Uh, is there any way for people that don't know who you are, for some reason, if they live under a rock or something, where they can find your work, where you're on Twitter and all the other good stuff that you're working on? I mean, yeah, the main thing I want to talk about is, yeah, Twitch, come on by 8.30 to 10 a.m. in the morning. I'm live streaming Monday through Friday. I'm uh, doing the First Pitch podcast, doing ranks, uh, live AMA, twitch.tv slash pitchlist. Come hang out, you know, uh, wake up with some coffee and some baseball. So Is that East Coast by. time? East Coast, yes. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, come the, on by. The man never sleeps. I, no. You said your schedule the other day. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, he's grinding. I love it. It's motivating. For exactly. sure. Well, you gotta, you know, it, it, there's no other choice, and I got to do the things I want to do because of it. So, and I feel purposeful. I fall asleep right away, you know. After it, it's great. I love it. Well, again, as many of you that already know him, he's obviously one of the best followers on Twitter, one of the best people, one of the best just human beings in the industry. Right, so David. make sure, okay. <laughs> make sure you okay, follow David, him. Let's finish this up. Let's. <laughs> Next week, we're going to be joined by Scott Janstad of Rotowire, so make sure you stay tuned for that. It's going to be a fun show. Until then, everybody, stay safe. Make sure you enjoy another week of baseball, and we're going to make like a bread truck and all buns. See you guys later. Bye.